With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Potential WikiLeaks bombshell. Now, emails reveal that John Podesta urging the Clinton camp to dump emails. Yeah, dump emails. This on March 2nd, 2015. The New York Times story broke the story that Hillary was using a private server that rocked their world to conduct government business, remember? That night, her campaign chair, John Podesta, wrote to Hillary's former chief of staff, Cheryl Mills, saying, quote this, we are going to have to dump all those emails, so better to do it sooner then later, here with us to react to all the WikiLeaks releases that we can in a very short period of time, Fox News contributor Lisa Booth. Lisa, welcome aboard. Uh, okay, welcome back to tonight's show, uh, folks. Um, we are about five days out of the election, and it's pretty much neck and neck. Uh, but you know the scandal is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And um, before we go on, I just want to mention on behalf of my host, uh, Luther Mays. Luther, welcome to the show. Are you, can we hear you? Can you hear me? Luther, yes, you can. Okay, um, I was wondering if you could Yeah, just what, what a week so far. This is unbelievable. Uh, just information... You know, it's coming out on the scandal against the Clinton, the Clinton Foundation, and uh, it just keeps getting worse and worse. And you know what, Luther? I'm afraid that national security, our national security, has been breached. And uh, you uh, know, so uh, yes, with with the whole thing coming out, and that this is not the end of it. And you know, supposedly now. To all this stuff coming out, I mean, who, who knows who has our information, right? Uh, exactly. Before I bring on our guests, yeah, I want to uh, mention that the show is sponsored by the 501c3 nonprofit, studentsforabetterfuture.com. Please go there and check out our website. Um, again, we have information on this every day. Uh, it's particularly right, right up to the election. Um, and we also have internships going, so if you're in between the ages of 18 and 25, um, check it out on, on the website. And um, also, please don't forget to make a donation there. Uh, I would like to bring on our guest. Uh, his name is Dr. Jerome Heiler. Um, he's author of the book, Lock in America, and also uh, a book, called Everything You Have, The Case Against Welfare. Welcome to the show, Doc. 
Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Hello, Luther. Hello again. How are you? Uh, you know, Doc, I don't even know where to start on this. Well, let, let me uh, um, address uh, the concern that you raised uh, just a few moments ago, and that is to say that uh, James Comey uh, himself, I believe, uh, has just said that, uh, or this was breaking very late last night, that it is with 99% certainty um, the FBI can now disclose that fewer than five foreign governments, not at all friendly to the United States, um, in all likelihood hacked um, Hillary Clinton's server and is in possession of national security secrets uh, and the highest classified um, top security emails uh, that uh, Hillary Clinton uh, uh, trafficked in as Secretary of State. And no fewer than five uh, foreign governments uh, would, uh, could be expected to have hacked into her email system and be in possession of those 33,000 emails and all the information uh, that contained therein. Uh, and that is a frightening uh, thought indeed. Now, Hillary Clinton, all along, her greatest defense was that there is not a shred of evidence that her email server was hacked and that any foreign government hostile to American interests is in possession in any, uh, of any such uh, highly classified emails. And now the FBI is saying with 99% certainty, uh, not, not a confirmation, but they say that any government that is in possession of that information would not announce that, they're, that they possess that information or what they might have uh, done with it or plan to do with it. So we can't confirm it by uh, asking the government if they actually have it. They would not tell us the truth. But because of how vulnerable... Um, that information was in her server, and because of what these governments do and how sophisticated their hacking operations uh, are, um, it is, again, uh, prob so probable, 99% certain, uh, that they were in possession of that email. And that against her defense that there's not a scintilla of evidence that any of her emails were hacked by any foreign government. As a matter of fact, she herself gave everything away when she dismissed the WikiLeaks emails um, as um, not inauthentic. Not one email that WikiLeaks divulged um, was uh, denied, uh, but the, her claim simply that, well, you can't take it because it was given to WikiLeaks by the Russians. So she, she herself is admitting that a government like Russia is actively engaged in hacking uh, emails that have a sensitivity, um, and now the FBI confirms her suspicion and lets her know that against her claims that no evidence exists that any of her emails were hacked, that the FBI itself um, uh, is pretty much certain that all of her emails were hacked and are in the possession of uh, governments that are not at all friendly to the United States. Uh, that is very damning. So she, so she basically... So they basically have all of our our confidential information. Right, including the names of agents around the world, 
uh, who, who have been acting clandestinely, who are undercover, uh, and yet mm-hmm. so, uh, information regarding their whereabouts. Very, very possibly, uh, that is how they learned of the Benghazi operation with Ambassador Stevens uh, and the security detail, um, uh, that they might well have learned the, uh, of that operation and the places and the times and how unprotected um, those uh, uh, Americans were engaged in Benghazi, and that could have been the original source of the attack that was made against them, uh, resulting in the death of four very brave Americans. Well, she just uh, she just don't care about what she does. She uh, she actually has she has put people's lives at risk. They're working undercover. Well, there um, is a there there is a much higher purpose that um, that she has, uh, and that is to get rich. Well, she needs to be in, uh, that's that's uh, treason. She should be in jail. That's a, and uh, I hope that's the FBI exactly right. is going to do something about it because if she's above the law. There's not going to be a law in this country. Exactly so. It could not be more dangerous. And um, the possibility is that um, from everything I have been looking into, Barack Obama is perfectly equipped to give her a blanket pardon, even if she's not arraigned, not indicted, uh, not re-interviewed. He could just give her a blanket pardon sometime between next Tuesday when the result, election results come in and the end of his presidency. Exactly. Um, That's what I've been saying. That's what I've been saying. He's going to pardon her. He's going to pardon everybody involved. He's going to pardon himself, and off they go. Well, uh, he probably Unless won't they pardon the herself. And- he probably won't pardon himself, but he won't have to. If she's elected, elected she'll be happy to pardon him in return. Right. Uh, that's right. the dance they'll, they'll both do. But she can, I understand, on the authority of Mark Levin, um, whose word I will take on this, that um, the pardon power of the presidency is what they call plenary. In other words, uh, there is no constitutional limitation on a president's ability to pardon anyone, including himself or herself. But look at the scandal that, that that will entail. If the Republicans retain control of both the House and the Senate, the next two years, the next three years, will be nothing but Watergate times 50. Uh, in other words, yep. impeachment proceedings will be the only thing to dance across the headlines of our newspapers for, for, for years to come. So, yes, so if she gets elected, she will be facing impeachment. That's right. Uh, so uh, so uh, the message to the American people is, then why would you elect her if you want to put the country through impeachment? Exactly. You know, exactly. That, that's the message that I have to Americans. Yes. Um, um, the, the government would be paralyzed while this is going on. And given the nature of the scandal and the amount of information that will be divulged over the next year, two years, three years, just coming out in drips and drabs um, uh, while an impeachment movement um, is raised in the House and then in the Senate. Um, uh, There will be no room or time to consider public policy at a very critical time in the country's history. Well, our president, he doesn't care about our country, neither does Hillary Clinton. Their their goal is to destroy this country. So we have impeachment hearings, nothing getting done. That's their goal. 
that makes their day. Yeah. Well, they're not Americans. They're 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 against us. Right. What they've displayed and all the crap they've pulled is they're trying to ruin this country. Well, yes. Um, and and if something you, needs to be done if about If you it. saw um, Dinesh D'Souza's uh, recent movie, Hillary's America, um, it's very clear yeah. they come from the same uh, circle of um, uh, a cutthroat. Um, and uh, the, that, that was their goal all along. It's amazing. I, I was um, uh, on the phone with a, a very good friend of mine who's very astute, and uh, we're, we're making a list of everything President Obama has done since his election to undermine this country's interests. Uh, and the list is so exhaustive, it's incredible, in terms of domestic policy, in terms of foreign policy, in terms of executive orders. It's like there's practically nothing he did that furthered the true interests of this country or of our people. In terms of turning his back on Israel, in terms of trying to keep the Muslim Brotherhood um, uh, ensconced in uh, in Egypt, rejecting Sisi's uh, rebellion against Morsi uh, of the Muslim Brotherhood, of doing nothing when the Iranian people rose up shortly after uh, he was inaugurated in, in 2009, um, and the United States did not do anything to encourage or to further or to support the Green Revolution in Iran. Uh, in terms of the money that we've given uh, to Iran, and now we just read that there, Iran is in the process of sending agents uh, to the United States to disrupt this country and commit acts of terrorism. And we gave them the money to finance those operations when it was not at all necessary. On and on and on, the, the destruction that Obamacare represents. He wanted to be president yes, so he could just destroy this country. Yep. That's what uh, he wanted to be president for. He wanted to destroy uh, so, this country, and he's been doing yes. it. Let me ask you, um, were in these emails, were there names of specific agents? Um, no. Who got were exposed? Uh, no, of course there would not be that. That, uh, that information would be kept uh, under under wraps. Uh, we don't need, even if it was hacked, we don't need to assist the hackers and assist, assist enemy governments in going any further to reveal uh, that kind of information. But um, uh, in my yeah, in my uh, analogy, I have also picked up that a hundred FBI uh, were going to resign had Comey not come forth with reopening the investigation. Uh, well, the way I heard it is that um, what finally got Comey to, re, uh, to reopen the investigation is he said, I, I'm sick and tired of coming to my office in the morning and finding piles of, re, of resignation letters on my desk. So, yeah, there was uh, an, a threat um, by many, many agents, active agents, at the expense of their careers, their pensions, and everything else, and violating anti-disclosure agreements, uh, there was a threat that they would resign anyway and release the information they had. As a matter of fact, a lot of the information that was released was simply leaked by agents involved in the investigation through patriots. 
Uh, you know, the, 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 and, and we can understand this because there was another case of the same thing in my state, New York. Um, Cuomo um, convened the Moreland Commission to look into corruption in Albany. And just as the Moreland Commission was gathering their information ready to release the findings, he disbanded the Moreland Commission. He just said, you are no longer um, authorized to conduct this investigation or release any findings. The only thing Cuomo missed is that there were investigators who already had spent well over a year looking into charges of corruption, and he could disband the Moreland Commission, but that did not stop individual investigators looking into corruption to leak to the press their findings. And as a result, the majority leader um, in, in Albany um, right. and the minority leader, Sheldon Silver and Dean Skelos, are now facing serious charges and uh, the possibility of spending the rest of their natural lives in prison. Not because of anything released by the Moreland Commission, it was disbanded, but released by individual investigators um, revealing the, the results of their investigation. And this was to ha going to happen all over again, Comey realized, uh, on a national scale for this administration. And uh, he finally pulled the gun and against all efforts of Loretta Lynch, our attorney general, to squash the, uh, in, uh, the investigation, um, he went ahead and said the investigation is open and we are looking into everything. Um, uh, finally, Comey stepped up and, and did the right thing against direct orders from his superiors in the Department of Justice. Now, this investigation of his was so skewed that no prosecutor and Loretta Lynch herself did not allow um, statements under oath by those principals who were interviewed. They did not uh, allow any search warrants, any wiretaps. Um, they did not convene a grand jury. Comey did not have the authority to convene a grand jury to look into um, the results of the investigation and indict any of the principals. The, uh, a prosecutor in the Justice Department had to do that, and no prosecutor uh, impaneled a grand jury in order to hear the evidence that the FBI had gathered. So there was a thumb in the hole preventing the, oh, the, the flood of water that was going to break through the dike uh, and it was done by members of the Justice Department. And so if I was Donald Trump and I won the election next Tuesday, I would appoint Rudy Giuliani, a marvelous one-time federal investigator for the New York uh, District, um, to look into not only the behavior of Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, and all their subordinates, but look into the in, in, to investigate the investigation itself and everything that resulted in a totally shoddy investigation, one designed to find no wrongdoing because no search warrants, no subpoenas were issued, no grand jury was appaneled, um, which completely tied the hands of the FBI investigators. And if that's the case, then Loretta Lynch will be sharing a jail cell with Bill and Hillary Clinton, Huma Abedin, um, and the rest. 
It's only our secrets that were given away to these foreign governments. Well, and it was everything. That, that's how, it was how, everything. Yeah, that's how, how Benghazi got. Well, our own public officials don't tell the American people anything to protect this government. They went, they went out and they've told our enemy everything. They've, so they've left their, the door wide open. We cannot say, we can't tell the people what's going on because we're jeopardizing the security of this country. What they have done is they're like spies. They're not even for this country. They're putting us under jeopardy here. You know, that was true right from the very beginning. Yeah. It, uh, from, from the moment that Barack Obama entered the White House and sent the bust of Winston Churchill back to Britain, uh, and, and said, keep your damn gift, um, it was obvious that um, uh, the President of the United States did not have the best interests of his own nation at heart. Uh, because um, the United States is illegitimate, according to the political left. Profit is illegitimate. Capitalism is illegitimate. Private property is utterly illegitimate. The state owns everything. Um, these are That's, pure collectivists. Yeah. Yes, co- communist. Uh, and not the, not you necessarily know, communist. The, the best term to use really is collectivist. Because, and the totalitarians, uh, uh, whatever label you give them. In, in other words, um, there are specific points to uh, um, the Marxist program. Adolf Hitler wasn't a Marxist. He was a totalitarian. Uh, Mussolini was not a Marxist. He was a fascist. He was a totalitarian. And the democratic socialists like Obama, they basically have souls of totalitarians. They have souls of despots, uh, whatever you call their ideology. Uh, and that is that is Doc, statism or collectivism. Yeah, just, yeah, I want to ask you, what's the difference... Um, the stark difference between a, a fascist and the, and the communist. Um, a communist believes uh, that um, uh, all prop, the lives, the liberties, and the possessions of every citizen belongs to the state, and it's for the state to decide who basically who gets what and who can do what. Now, a fascist believes the same thing. The fascist would allow private families to marginally own their properties, own their companies. In other words, um, in the late 20s, when Hitler was rising to power in Germany, um, there was a fierce battle between uh, fascists, who eventually became the Nazis, and communists. And the reason, or one of the chief reasons why the fascists, the Nazis, won, uh, won out is that they went to the industrialists, the the wealthiest families in Germany, like the Krupps and everything, and the makers of Mercedes-Benz, and on and on and on. And they said, if the Marxists come to power, they will seize your property. We will allow you to keep your property. And uh, it was Hitler who gained the backing of these wealthy industrialist families, just on the basis that they will at least be able to keep uh, and continue to run their uh, companies, their industries. But they didn't realize quickly enough 
that, yes, marginally they may still own and run their factories and manufacturers and everything, but they will be forced to do exactly what Hitler tells them to do, just as if the communists, not the Nazis, came to power. And right uh, now there's a history repeating itself. Uh, that's all history does. History is yeah. just nothing but one damn thing after another. Yeah. Um, there is nothing new under the sun. What happened uh, yes, a thousand and... years ago in any circumstance will happen a thousand years from now in the same circumstance. And People by the way, the objective is always, like Ron Emanuel said, to create crisis. Because any despot, any tyrant knows that crisis is the catalyst of change. Create a crisis. Undermine the country. Uh, raise taxes. Impose regulations ad infinitum. Um, have something like um, uh, Obamacare undermine the country's prosperity, put the country in poverty, and the people will appeal to anyone who can save them from what the government itself is doing, including support the same government that is doing it to them, um, uh, because with a media that is entirely owned by the leftist mentality, um, uh, they will uh, go along with what the government is doing and not inform the people. And Doreen, as you well know, it all starts with the education system. Control the education system, indoctrinate the centers of indoctrination, make sure every teenager has free access, a tuition free for all. Just get them into the centers of indoctrination, and when they come out, they'll be helpless to reverse the terrible trend. Oh, well, that's right. And one of Hillary's things was to promote free higher education. Precisely, to get and every teenager, to give every teenager a tuition-free uh, education, which to her is nothing but indoctrination. And uh, right. as, as we said before, um, it is the college professors who put into the world the next generation of teachers, of journalists, of judges, of playwrights, of movie producers who disseminate um, the propaganda on which tyranny rises. And, and right. there we and, are. Uh, uh, right. And, and right, going back to the education system, um, I guess my question is, suppose I have somebody who, um, you know, he doesn't want to go to uh, a, co a college, so why should he have to put somebody else's tuition bill? Because of the principle <laughs> of collectivism. Who is he to stand against the interests of the people, the interests of the country, uh, when the country's I, I, best I, interest yeah. is indoctrination? Uh, that's the uh, mentality no, that, we that's are what fighting. That's the collectivist would say. Exactly. It is his right. It is his right to choose to not to go, or her right to choose to not to go. Um, you know, suppose they just wanted to go to uh, uh, school to become a plumber. You know, you, you know what I'm saying? Or or they get a job right away yes. somewhere. Well, that that's and, exactly what collectivism destroys. There are no individual rights. 
there are only collective rights. There's the right of the collective to order any number of citizens to do what's necessary to achieve the collectivist's goal of tyranny, of despotism. Uh, And two, uh, on that note, um, and I know this from being a teacher, uh, suppose, you know, I mean, students, you know, work at different paces. You have some students that work harder, some that, that just don't, you know, and mm-hmm. and those students that excel and want to work harder, they should, you know, be compensated for it. And, and you know, and, and if they're working for it and, and they learn to work for their money, then, it, you know, that money is theirs, you know, and they shouldn't have to pay you know, they shouldn't have to foot the bill for somebody else's higher education. Uh, this, is, this is so much, uh, this is the thinking of an individualist. Um, no collectivist would stand for it. I Believe me, not, you do not have will, what it takes I to know, become a teacher I will, in a collectivist I will not, society. I will, I will not become a collectivist. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm confident of that. You know that? I am an individualist. Yeah, um, exactly. From the collectivist standpoint, you have nothing to offer society from the collectivist standpoint. As a matter of fact, your (laughs) views have to be completely suppressed and mine. (laughs) That's that's what we have to warn the American people against. Um, Uh, And that's why I keep telling everybody, I said, we are an individual. We all have individual strengths. You know, mm-hmm. and that's what God made us. You know, uh-huh. He didn't make two people the same. Yeah. Now so we should rely rely on what what we do best. Uh huh. Well, and that you know, is what works. Uh, individualism, which leads to capitalism, leads to yes, an inequality in the division of wealth, as there's an inequality in the division of labor, but. Again, here's where Hillary Clinton goes completely wrong when she accuses Donald Trump of his trumped-up, trickle-down economics. And she blasted him all through the uh, campaign, all through the debates, for, for um, his commitment to trickle-down, help the rich, and somehow the middle class and the poor will benefit What Donald Trump should have but neglected to answer is that trickle-down works every single time it's tried. I would ask, invite Hillary to count the number of jobs created by Andrew Carnegie and Thomas Edison and Henry Ford and Steve Jobs and Bill Gates and even Donald Trump. These are the people in a free country who become super wealthy by benefiting everyone by creating new jobs, creating entire new industries. But you have well, to leave. But, but, but for, for the collectivist, for the statist, all that represents is not the triumph of industry, the application of science to improve the quality of life for everybody. All that represents for the, uh, for the soul of a collectivist and a statist is it results in inequality. And inequality is unfair and unjust on the face of it. They don't explain why or how. They just say one man should not have five or ten or twenty times the wealth of someone else. That is prima facie 
in, uh, un, unjust, and that's what they will do away with. Everyone has to do the same, even though it means nothing but the spread of poverty throughout society um, by harnessing the energies of our most productive and creative entrepreneurs. They don't care about that. Everyone has to be equal, and of course, the, the equality makes anyone in the government and anyone who contributes to the collectivist goals, they're the ones who gather the wealth in corrupt fashion. And that explains oh, And hold everything. on, Doc. We have a caller. Yeah, we have a caller on the line, caller 404, <clears throat> area code 404. Would you like to ask a question? Yeah, I have a few. Uh, can you guys hear me well? Yeah. Yes, I can, can hear you. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, the first one would be uh, in saying that individualistic mind state, no matter what, that's the answer. All collectivism is bad. Uh, at, at what point are we talking about a, a situation where it's a territory of individuals, or are we talking about a nation state? Uh, are we actually talking about having a government uh, when you follow that logic to its, uh, you know, final conclusion? Uh, next point, that Robin, that Robin oh, 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 era. Can, can we respond <clears throat> to that first point? And, well, yes. well, I, I got, I got a few. Time. Right, I got a few if you if you allow. Okay, okay, uh, that's fine. I, I, um, uh, we'll be happy to entertain uh, them all. And the first question. Well, don't don't, don't entertain well me. Let's have a conversation. Let's, yeah, don't entertain. Let's have a conversation. Go, go, go ahead. Go ahead, caller four hundred four. Ask. No, thank you. It, the, the second part would be the Robert Barron era that he's talking about, the Carnegies and uh, you know the Vanderbilts and all of these different people. Uh, the issue is not inequality in itself and saying inequality is bad and it shouldn't happen. No, uh, you'll find that in every society. Uh, the question is, is inequality being artificially uh, trumped up by people who have way more influence in government and way more influence on the levers of power? Uh, that's how we saw Rome fall and, you know, the majority of empires you can kind of think of. So it's not just as simple as, as putting it out there of saying, some people say inequality is bad. We say it's good. No, it's a question of are we allowing one group of people to determine not only the nation but determine who's winners, uh, the, 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 the status of winners and losers within a nation. So in a, with a country with 5 million homeless, uh, I do think we are kind of reaching unprecedented levels of inequality, and I do think it is being dictated uh, by one group of folks. If you're doing it on your own merits, that's right, a whole other right. story. Okay, uh, I would right, like okay, to address hold, hold on, all, all, all of that. Respond. Go ahead. Um, Go ahead. Um, Caller, um, you raise incredibly important objections, um, not to individualism, but objections to what took place in our history. To answer your first question, in my opinion, government has but one purpose, to protect all in the enjoyment of their rights to be a protector, but not a provider. The, the, and that's exactly what the founders tried to create uh, in drafting the Constitution in rebelling against England, but they failed. Those founding principles that guarantees equality uh, under law to all never survived the founding era. And what you say is precisely true. Throughout the entirety of American history, there were not, you can't call them capitalists, I call them counterfeit capitalists. And they were some of our most famous, quote, robber barons, unquote. They did not 
take risks in the market, but they ran to government for special benefits, privileges, immunities, subsidies, uh, protective tariffs, uh, land grants, on and on. And the crazy thing is that it was precisely government giving in to these privileged counterfeit capitalists that sparked economic growth for a period, but eventually all the government wound up doing is building up bubbles that burst. And when the bubbles burst, the country fell into panic and depression, and millions suffered for it. It was a corruption of our principles, because when government conferred special benefits on some, it simultaneously denied equal protection under law to all. If we had remained a true laissez-faire economic system, then the, the growth might not have been so spectacular as it was. Government was able to spur bursts of economic growth, but all it did was build up artificial financial bubbles. And when the bubbles burst, like they did in, 1930, in 1837, 1857, 1873, 1893, and, and 1929, and a few in between, uh, the country fell into hardship and suffering, and it was precisely um, the result of the compromise with the founding principles and the corruption of our political system caused by what I call counterfeit capitalists who did not want to make their money and take the risks in a free market, but they wanted guaranteed riches, and they bought state legislatures and the national government uh, in order to, uh, get, to get their way. So here's what I say, and this is a theme of um, uh, an entire book that I did. Uh, it's not published yet, but it was precisely the periodic crises caused um, by corporate welfare, crony capitalism, that created the, quote, need, demand, and excuse for social welfare reform. And that's the thrust of what you're saying, that you can't allow, your claim is that you can't allow individualism, and not just because it results in unequal wealth, but because people fall by the wayside as a result of the suffering that's created. And that's exactly right. So anyone who was uh, interested in the founding principles and interested in a society that remains true to the principle of individualism has to rail not just against the social welfare state, but the corporate welfare state that created the excuse for social welfare reform, from the Progressive Era to the New Deal to the Great Society and to Obamacare. Do, uh, Paula, do you, do you, do you, yeah. do you appreciate the thrust yeah. of that? Uh, yeah, yeah uh, I, I think we're hit. So, oh, go so, ahead. Went. so uh, just speaking for myself, you and I can lock hands in criticizing the corruption that overcame American government that was sparked by the so-called capitalists themselves who had no interest in individualism. They wanted government, they corrupted government so they could themselves get the wealth. Um, and, and it worked over and over again, 
and the country paid a horrible price for it. And what took what then happened is from socialists and collectivists who wrote the history of this country. They did exactly what you did, blamed the robber barons, blamed uh, um, the greedy capitalists, blamed greed and profit and capitalism for all of the suffering that befell the country when it was just the enemies of individualism. People who ran to government believing that government had uh, an authority to tax the people and give them the benefits um, uh, in a a corrupt manner. It corrupted the politics of the country and destroyed the economy of the country over and over again. I wish my book wasn't right. I, I, I think we get to the same place, but I think where we split paths is I believe you think the founders wanted things in a different fashion. I believe that was the, that was the ideal since inception. Uh, you go back to James Madison. We must protect the minority of the opulent from the majority. Uh, anti-democratic uh, from the beginning. Uh, thinking of, uh, on a class level, uh, certain groups should not only be protected, but their interests should lie with the rest of everyone else after they decide what it is. So I, I think we have that fundamental difference. And then as far as individualism, I, I believe everybody, yes, you should have your individual freedoms and rights and uh, ability to kind of, you know, water what talents you have, no question. But I do think there is something about a society, and there's something about saying that you're a nation. There's something about uh, an ideal that everybody's kind of putting their five in uh, to take it to church, so to say, when you pass the plate around uh, to get big right. projects done. And I think the big projects Fine. in America have been done uh, from that kind of identity. So, you know, we, we part on some issues. We agree on some. No, but and I'm one way, of those people. Way, well, uh, right, oh, right. Oh, real quick, real quick, real quick. I'm one of those yeah. people who every time somebody says big government is the problem, I say, yes, I agree, but big corporations are the problem, too. We have to. Well, that too. We, dr- yeah. we drown no, one, problem, and that solves it. They both have to be drowned yes. simultaneously. My answer is that the power of okay. big corporations to influence big government has to be has to be stopped. Government has to be stripped of the uh, power to enrich some Americans, namely the most well cor- connected and corrupt. Government has to be stripped of the power to benefit um, those corrupt and well connected individuals at everyone else's expense. Uh, and also, yeah. your reading of James Madison, and by the way, this was the subject of my doctoral dissertation, so I'm quite familiar with um, uh, what, what took place in the earliest years of the founding, and I'm certainly familiar with James Madison. What he was objecting to was the power of democratic majorities to ride roughshod over the rights of other citizens. In other words, what the founders had to contend with is the fact that well-connected, corrupt interests always went to government to benefit themselves at others' expense. But at the same time, democratic majorities, and this was taking place in all of the states, that's what eventually led to the uh, Constitutional Convention, democratic majorities were passing laws to take the wealth of the wealthy into their hands by uh, destroying... Uh, the sanctity of property and contract. 
and there were uh, there were a lot of specifics. So James Madison was neutral. He wanted the government to protect all Americans in the enjoyment of what's theirs, giving them the right to gain, keep, use, trade, or dispose of their freely acquired possessions, but not to run to government to take the possessions of some to benefit them, whether it's a aristocratic minority of capitalists or whether it's a democratic majority, no one should have the power to use the instrumentalities of government to benefit some at others' expense. And the only way to do that is to see that government is a protector uh, okay. of all and not a provider of some, which can only provide at ex- the expense of others. Like the yes, post I put okay. out a couple we, years um, ago, Doreen. We, Yes. Go, go ahead, uh, Luther. Well, the post I put out a couple of years ago was is, uh, the corporations go overseas to third world countries to get third world labor. It's, it's called the triple up effect. Bring the money back in and not get taxed on it. It's a triple up effect nowadays. It ain't the triple down effect to the people. It's a, it's a, The government's got too much control and getting paid off to let this go on. That's a triple up effect where this does not, it doesn't, that's why this country's destroyed. You're supposed to triple down. The triple down effect is to, to, to help the people. Well, That's not what's no, going on. Um, the tri- no, uh, uh, um, the root of the problem, the way I understand it, is that government makes it so onerous, so costly, so expensive to conduct business in the country that right, companies they don't get bra- tax run, breaks run for their lives right, to, to, to avoid it. It is not right. just a search for cheap labor, labor overseas. It is no, a desire to, to escape the welfare state, which takes so much right. in taxes, That's which true. imposes the high cost of complying with an avalanche of regulations, industry by industry, agency by right. agency. Um, the government uh, run the corporations out of here because yes. they didn't, they're getting overtaxed. Yes. Exactly. And I say this about Hillary Clinton's plan to dramatically raise taxes on the rich. She can raise taxes on the rich, but if she wants to uh, 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 attract more revenue, she's going to have to close the borders to prevent the wealthy from leaving the United States, preventing more corporations from leaving to escape for their lives from the burden of the taxes she's going to impose. And all she wants to do is open the borders. Right, to wreck the country. Yeah, Yeah. and and that will wreck the country. And as the, as the call as the caller intimated, it will wreck the country, and Clinton, Hillary Clinton, and her minions will blame the very people who they're driving out of the country for the country's woes and the and, and the suffering of the people. They will have they went- caused the corporations to leave, and then bitch and moan uh, about all the jobs that have been lost because the corporations are so greedy. They won't employ Americans. But what did it really start getting bad back in when the in the eighties when the big corporation car companies left this country? When they left this country, this is when it started. Uh, they left this yeah, country because they were being overtaxed. And it wasn't in when, the eighties, and it wasn't even in the nineties when the economy of the country boomed. Unemployment was lower than any economist ever believed unemployment could could be. Um, during the Reagan era, when Reagan cut taxes uh, successfully, and when Bill Clinton also opened up trade and 
continued uh, with additional tax cuts, uh, nobody complained. The, this, it was good times. It was boom time in America. Um, it was later yeah. on when Bush reneged on his pledge, read my lips, no new taxes, and the Democrats got him to raise taxes. And that's when everything started. And then with the environmental uh, groups taking control of Congress and imposing more and more onerous uh, regulations on, on the energy industry um, and OSHA um, and on and on and on uh, well, you got that no, the exodus began. you got no tax breaks for the big three. You got you got unions just nailing them, right? So what do they? What do you, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to exactly. find a way out of here, exactly. And that's exactly when this when this country started going downhill. Good paying jobs. When they started leaving here, the job the jobs the good paying jobs started disappearing. Exactly. Uh, so. They just, did. It's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. absolutely terrible what started here. But I knew when I was 17 years old when that started going on. I said I. I'll be lucky if I could support myself, I said to myself. And now I'm sitting here 36 years later on a radio discussing what I see coming. I've seen it coming. And the travesty, the horrible travesty, is we blame capitalism and we, and we blame uh, the capitalists and we call them robber barons for simply looking out for their own interests when we are making it impossible for them to pursue their interests and stay in the country. That's right. the, the sick irony of this whole thing, and it is the horrible miseducation that the colleges are offering in blaming capitalism and ba- blaming the institution of private property and profit and inequality. Um, they are doing exactly what they're complaining about and blaming the people who simply are responding to what they're doing for making life hard in America when it's they themselves... We don't take the power away from the liberals. Yeah. This country's here. This country's done if we don't get the power away from these liberals. These liberals are it's not the liberals. people. Yeah. It, it's not the liberals. Uh, but it's even it's even some Republicans too, Luther. Oh yeah. Oh sure. Um, sure. They're bought in. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a love the of establishment. money. So the first battle yes, that has to take place is exactly what Bernie Sanders and Ted Cruz and Donald Trump said it was the establishment. Uh, what has to be done. Over the next few years, what needs to be done in terms of leading up to the 2018 midterm elections is to show the establishment polls of both parties the door and build a tidal wave of what I call Tea Party patriotism to reinstate the founding principles and get the corruption uh, out of government. And Donald Trump put all, did it well, drain the swamp. Right, and put all new people in. Yes. Get rid of the corruption. Vote these people out. Get get united and, and get rid of these people. Yeah. we got to work together to get rid of this problem. We have to vote these people uh, out. Did get you, rid of them. Uh, yeah, did you, uh, yeah, did you um, take note that the governor of uh, Ohio wrote in John McCain right. to be his candidate? Yeah. But, um, John, Kasich, Kasich, Kasich. Yeah. but in the meantime, yeah, yeah. John Kasich, uh, that's exactly what he wrote in. And he couldn't even do that because John McCain was not on the Ohio ballot. He wrote it in, and it doesn't even count as one vote for McCain because he wasn't on the ballot uh, um, in, in Ohio. But in the meantime, Ted Cruz now is campaigning all over the country with Mike Pence in support of Trump, the Trump-Pence ticket. 
And that is why Texas is going overwhelmingly now, finally, for Donald Trump. When two weeks ago it was thought that Texas was a toss-up. Yes, and and I I want to bring that up with the election. Um, My concern with this is the battleground states, because that's the Electoral College. That's all that matters. Trump would have the popular vote, but you have to get the electoral vote to win. Exactly. Well, like and, someone told me today, call your congressman. Call your congressman. What well, if you call your congressman? He's not going to come to the vote. He's not going to call Bush, you back. Right. Yeah, Jeb Bush did not uh, come out and support Trump. That's right. Well, or, or at least I don't know that yet. Well, Trump savaged Jeb Bush. Absolutely savaged Jeb Bush. Uh, the Bush family will never ever forgive um, uh, forgive him for for turning uh, uh, Jeb Bush into a dunce in front of the entire country at the first few uh, debates, primary debates. Um, so the, uh, uh, so um, uh, the Bush family are no patriots. And uh, Ronald Reagan's biggest mistake, he made two very large mistakes. His biggest mistake was selecting as his heir apparent, as his running mate, in 1980, a man who called his economic plan voodoo economics from the start. Right. Um, he picked him to win the election. Yeah. yeah right. Right. Um, but uh, the the principle that Reagan neglected is that it is not enough to adopt the right principles. Once adopted, they must be adopted as unbreachable absolutes. In choosing well, a man who knew nothing about economics and the free market, namely George Herbert Walker Bush, um, uh, Ronald Reagan sunk his own principles, uh, even though, as you say, Luther, it might have been uh, the only way for him to win the election. But that isn't true either, since he won in a landslide against Jimmy Carter. Uh, Jimmy Carter right. was such an absolute disaster. Right. Well, uh, yeah. the thing about like, uh, the country is you... I'm sorry? Yeah. The contrast uh, you, know, it's, you it's was up. Go ahead, Luther. Go ahead. Well, what I would bring up here uh, is the contrast you was, say, was up. All that stuff about Ali North say, and all that. He, Reagan let let Bush run these foreign affairs. This Noriega stuff and the sex kids and these kids using these senators and stuff going down there picking kids to have sex with and all this stuff. Uh, Reagan, I believe, let let Bush run these foreign affairs. We had all these problems. He was blinded to all this. Uh, well, Reagan was concerned with rebuilding our military after it was decimated under Jimmy Carter. He was concerned with cutting taxes uh, and restoring the economy, and he achieved those goals. And uh, um, his uh, vice president, Bush, uh, was intimately aff- uh, acquainted with foreign affairs, having headed the CIA and everything. Um, right, and it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't necessarily wrong, especially when Reagan, Reagan's concern was in rebuilding the American economy, creating jobs, restoring prosperity to the country, which he did after two years of having to weed the horrible inflation Jimmy Carter um, created. Uh, took two years to balance supply and demand. And the economy boomed for almost 20 years. The economy boomed um, during during the Clinton years because Clinton, do, uh, uh, Bill Clinton, 
didn't do very much to inhibit economic growth. He continued and even built on the free trade legacy of Ronald Reagan. But for the election now, um, as you say, Doreen, it's all uh, in the hands of the Electoral College. And because a few states have such great populations that gives electoral votes to uh, Hillary Clinton, California, Oregon, Washington, New York, Massachusetts, New Jersey. Um, she's already so ahead of the game. And as Sean Hannity has been saying, um, if he's going to win, Donald Trump is literally going to have to run the table and turn traditional Democratic states like Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Michigan, turn some of those states if he's going to reach the magic number of 270 electoral votes, which it now seems that Donald Trump is poised to do. He's got Michigan, right. he's got so, West Coast, he's got Minnesota. People are not Democrats here anymore. Um, the, and the, Scott the people have been too long. Yeah. Um, if John Kasich had given uh, Donald Trump uh, a, a, a solid support, then uh, and Trump didn't have to spend so much in order to win Ohio, which it looks like he's going to win. He could have devoted more uh, campaign resources into Pennsylvania, which he also uh, needs very desperately. Uh, well, John Kasich, a traitor. So, yeah, uh, uh, he he really is, and I don't understand it because while Donald Trump certainly savaged Jeb Bush in the primary, uh, he did not go after Kasich. He did not make a fool out of uh, John Kasich. I have no idea uh, what animates Kasich to be so opposed to Donald Trump. Right, because Trump was dependent on him. He didn't want to tear him apart. He needed his state. Kasich's not in the ball game here. Yeah, uh, he's, I'd he's like not to helping. think that Trump was thinking that far ahead. But you know, we have uh, he did a lot of uh, crazy things that that hurt him early on uh, yeah. until until he you know just got his feet. Planted the right direction. Right, um, started learning. Right, and, and uh, Paul uh, right, Ryan but, but, didn't do him any good either. Um, in, in but but Paul Ryan finally did did endorse him. Oh, Late I missed game, that. Yes, I didn't. I didn't I, he I did. Didn't he did. That, he did come out. He yes. sure did a lot of damage before he did it. Exactly. Exactly. And that was also very costly. Um, yeah. He uh, could. Right. He so, could have made so Trump fly These pu- people have to have held the pay. After this election, these people that sure did that. Do. Oh yeah, Paul and John, Ryan K- and John Kasich is dog meat for the Republican Party, who now realizes how imperative it is to put Donald Trump in the White House. And someone like Kasich, who stood in the way and still still stands in the way, uh, he has no future in the Republican Party. Oh, he's done, no doubt about it. They're done. Yeah, he's definitely done. He. Um, it's just unbelievable, yeah. these two parties. They're not Democrats. They're not Republicans. No more. They're the double-headed snake with a handshake. Yeah. That's exactly what's going on here. Yeah. Uh, you have to understand, the uh, establishment uh, is beholden to their special interests. The special yeah, interests who pays that, them. Yeah. that keep them in power and give them the contributions. Yeah. And, um, and that's also collectivism. It's pure yeah. corruption. It, it is. But, right. Um, uh, okay, guys, uh, we're running out of time, um, so I have to wrap up. Um, and by the way, tomorrow night we're having on Dr. Saeed. Um, he, he is a, uh, a professor 
in um, Middle Eastern studies. He's going to explain the connection of the Clinton Foundation and receiving money from the Saudis. Um, great topic tomorrow night. And um, Dr. Heiler, you're welcome back anytime. Okay, thank uh, you. For great It'll conversation. Be a to have you back. And um, don't yes, don't forget um, to go and on. Uh, do you have a website, Doc? Uh, I do, but uh, best for anybody to okay. go on my Facebook page, and the last name is spelled, first name is Jerome, J-E-R-O-M-E, last name is spelled H-U-Y-L-E-R, and okay. there are plenty of postings there which express some of the views that I outlined in this conversation this evening and go okay. well beyond to how to save the country, in my view. Okay, and folks, um, thank you very much, Doc. God bless you. Don't forget, he's the author of the book, Everything You Have. The Case Against Welfare and Lock in America. And folks, we are out. Stay tuned for tomorrow night when we bring Dr. Saeed. And have a great night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.